Let's go. Fireside Chats, Episode 7. Cheers. Mr. Baldwin, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Special guest tonight here. Matt is actually my brother-in-law and uh, a Long Island guy that ended up down in New Jersey due to try to get away from the young wildlife, right, up in yeah. Long Island? Yeah, a little bit. Got in a little <laughs> bit of trouble in my younger years. We all did. Yeah. We all did. <clears throat> and now you're here, a great business, Belmar Plumbing. Yep. How long did your cousin have that business in place with his ex-partner? So it, it was a little, uh, it's a little more complicated than that. He moved up back up here in 02 after like 15 or 16 years down in Florida with his own business. Um, and then he moved back up here in 02, but his license from Florida wouldn't transfer to here. It's your cousin. Yeah, my cousin. Um, so he needed to, he needed to go to school to get his license here because they wouldn't accept his license. Um, so he had to, he worked for a guy for a little bit and then he, he met a guy that was looking to kind of go into a new venture. Um, so he kind of worked under his license uh, for three or four years till he got his. But how long, since it opened back up, how long has it been open? Um, so since like 2006, 2006 was his first year as Belmar Plumbing. You know, he was doing work since 02. 2006, it was it was Belmar Plumbing. It was his. He had his license. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a great business that has some, you know, good brand here in the local community. Yeah. And he was based right out of Belmar, right? Right out of Belmar, yep. Uh, and you still service a lot of the restaurants and commercial properties up there today, right? Yeah, so, I mean, 95% of my work is uh, between Belmar and Asbury. Uh, you know, we drift a little south to Manasquan or Brielle. A little north to ocean but for the most part it's it's right in that area yeah and you know <clears throat> what's crazy to me is the different business situations that I've come across in uh, my career and also just with my friends where you have a business that you know your cousin at the time I think you were even it was at an earlier date <clears throat> he'd asked you hey Matt come start working for <clears throat> me and then I want you to succeed me <clears throat> as the owner of the business um, those are rare situations, so I, I like to really try to spend some time on that to help others understand like how that goes down. Um, so how long were you working with your cousin until you <clears throat> took over at the throne? Was that two years ago, three years ago? Uh, yeah, so I took over three years ago, um, <clears throat> and I started working for him in 2016. Um, so a little over two years till I took over the business. Uh, gave me a chance to really learn the ins and outs of some of our commercial customers, uh, some of our more complicated accounts. Um, and so let me stop you right there. So that's a big thing when you take over a small business, helping the transition of the relationships. That's really important. Oh, it's huge. It's everything when it comes to customer retention. I mean, you know, it's time and time again, I've seen many businesses get sold um, in the plumbing or HVAC or electrical world where the business gets sold to a bigger company um, and the customer retention goes right out the window as soon as it's sold because they don't know the person that is taking over the company. And it's all about trust. Yeah, that's everything. Yeah. And that's why a lot of times those businesses are really just as, you know, 
they're pretty much worth the phone number. That's about it. Yeah, I and mean, if, it, if it's even worth that, it's really worth the equipment. It's, it, you know, it's worth the trucks. It's worth the equipment. Um, if there's any employees staying, it's worth, you know, how valuable those employees are. But as far as the phone numbers go, you know, it's 2021. I mean, most people work off their cell phone. Uh, I mean, it, what, what's a phone number really worth when I call and I ask Ryan to come show up at my house to fix a problem and Ryan doesn't show up? Yeah, yeah, that's a really great point. So the, the other thing is, you know, you took over this business. So, you know, people don't realize how difficult that actually is, right? It's easy to say, well, some of the accounts were established, right? And they were, yeah. and some of the relationships were established and obviously they were. Yes. Um, but you were <clears throat> coming from Long Island, mm -hmm. which was 72 to 80 <clears throat> miles away out on the island and coming down to a place where you didn't have many relationships nor were you involved in the start of this business and how they drove business to begin with. Yeah. You know, what was your thought process on how you were going to take over and some of the main changes you were going to make to continuously build new clientele? So, you know, I, I was nervous right off the jump. You know, I was, I moved down here, I was 22. And then, you know, we fast forward a few years. Now I'm, uh, I guess, 26, 27. When you guess or are you 27? No, at the time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was 26 or 27 when he approached me with the idea. Um, and, you know, it sounds great. Yeah, like, let's go work for him. Let's let's build this thing um, so that people can get to know me and then I can take over. Uh, and then the time actually comes and, you know, I start to put a business plan into effect. I start to figure out what my bills are going to be every month. And I remember sitting there and thinking, oh, you know, I have to make $20,000 a month. Just to just cover to, overhead. Just to cover overhead before I get paid. Um, now, what did, you know, a lot of times in life, uh, you know, we, we can think about numbers like that. Yeah. And it can be super intimidating when we're young kids and we were just maybe making $2,400 a month or $3,400 a month. Yeah. So what did you do to try to overcome that roadblock, which could become Im intimidating very quickly with those numbers? Yeah, I mean, as soon as I... I put it down on paper and I started to realize how much I had to make. Um, it, it became a little overwhelming at first. And I had spoken to you and to a couple other people, you know, that I respected their opinions. Uh, and they had said, look, you've been doing this for years. I know Jim helped you out a lot yeah. too. You know, just, just show up and do what you've been doing and it'll all work out. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm a worrier. I'm a pessimist at heart. Uh, so, you know, I was worried about that, you know, $20,000 a month, that's, you know, $240,000 a year, you know, at the time I'm making 65, 70 grand a year, you know, that's, that's a lot of money. Just, yeah. you know, trying to conceptualize that at 27 years old when I, I've never even seen that amount of money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, per month. Well, I've never it, seen it. Especially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so now what, when you were able to get over that hurdle, Right. And that is a hurdle for a lot of people to, to get over. Right. They yeah. start to look at, you know, if they want to do retail and they want to do a storefront for salads or, you know, a burger joint or a bar. You start to think about what the rent is, what the insurances are going to cost you, mm -hmm. what the payroll is going to cost you. And before you even get out the jump, you're down twenty thousand dollars in the hole. Yeah. Right. So once you got past that mindset, because it is something to get past. You then said, I need to continue building new clientele, not just rely on the old one. How did you approach that and what was your theory on it? So the, 
the main thing I was worried about was, so I was taking over a partnership, right? My cousin had a partner and it was a 50-50 partnership. And, you know, I'm a young kid and he's been in this area for a long time. Who's going to stay with me? Who's going to go with him? How's that going to shake out? So I need to do something to continue to grow. You know, I, I tried Facebook advertising. I tried Google advertising, all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I get a lead here and there. But when it came down to it, it was word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is the end and the beginning in the trades. It's not me taking out a Facebook ad that Ryan's going to see on Facebook. It's someone asking for a plumber on Facebook and their neighbors responding, you have to call Matt at Belmar Plumbing. Yeah, great guy. Because. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, it's all been word of mouth. Um, you know, it was word of mouth from the beginning when my cousin started the business, and it continues to this day to be word of mouth. Yeah, I, I know you and I have discussed a few things, and you jumped on the branding bandwagon, which I think a lot of small businesses yeah. overlook, right? We're not the swoosh. We're not yeah. the Under Armour. Yep. But it doesn't matter. It's always more or less zeros. The same rules mm-hmm. a lot of times apply, yeah. except for big government. And when you were doing this, I know we discussed branding, which mm-hmm. I saw you, again, right out the gates, spend money on nice flannels, which is back of that. People don't realize have your logo on it. <laughs> Hats, koozies, sweatshirts for your guys, really nice Carhartt jackets. Yeah. You know, right away, you were spending money on the branding. From a technology standpoint, I know that you spent some time teaching yourself the drip emails. Hey, you want 10% off? Sign up today. Talk a little bit about that side of it, the, both of them. Yeah, so branding, right right off the jump, I knew that I had to do branding. Um, it was something that I had, you know, every successful company has branding. You could spot the Amazon logo from a mile away. You could stop, spot the Nike the Nike logo from mm-hmm. a mile away. Absolutely. And yes, I'm not them, but when you see a truck passing on the road and you continuously see my logo. It subconsciously goes subconsciously in your head. It goes in your head and you said, I see those trucks all over. They must do great work. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, not that we don't do great work, but it's, it's, you won't know that until you're my customer. Yeah. So without, without a brand, you're nothing. Yeah. You know, I, there's a, there's a ton of guys that, you know, not to talk down on them, but you know, they have, the standard white van with their name on the side and block letters. Um, and that doesn't differentiate yourself from the guy that lives two doors down that also does plumbing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you need to stand out a little more. You need to, especially in these times where, you know, SEO type stuff and Facebook type stuff is so huge. Uh, you know, you, if you went on Google right now and you typed in plumber near me, the plumber that lives two doors down is not going to pop up. You know, there's there's big multi-million dollar companies that pay a lot of money in advertising to be that first hit on and Google. And you just can't compete yeah. at a small business level. Yeah, you can't you can't compete especially, you know, the way that it works with the bids for clicks and all that. There's no there's no competing with them. So, that's why I say that, you know, as a small business, you know, and that's, you know, anywhere from one truck to 10 trucks, I would say, you're a small business. You can't compete with those guys that have 150 trucks. Mm -mm. That's why word of mouth is so important. That's why doing right by your customer is so important. Yeah, I know you try to do that. I mean, you kill yourself from early morning, 
to the night. And then obviously after this, we'll get into you know the ability to actually find talent in the mm -hmm. in the work pool yeah. you know, that understand your trade. But talk a little bit about the Google and the email. I know you said, hey, mm -hmm. someone signs up, get a 10% thing, and now they're on your automated system. What type of technologies do you use for that? Yeah, so I've done a couple different things. Uh, the first was through my website. You know, I, I created a website on Squarespace by myself because, again, couldn't I couldn't afford to pay someone to build it for me. So, you know, I, I spent, you know, tens and 20 and 30 hours building this website and, you know, learning how to do that. Uh, and then through my website, I was able to create a pop-up you know, when you come onto my website, sign up for our mailing list and receive 10% off your next service call uh, to kind of get emails flowing in to be able to blast them out with, you know, it's the beginning of heating season, it's the beginning of summer, you know, get your heating tune-up type thing. So let me ask you this. Did you take something from maybe an old CRM system? And I know your cousin was a little old school, like a lot of the guys were. You know, no knock on him. He built a great business. Yeah, of course. Did he have any type of digitized system where you no. could have moved in information and started email dripping them as well? So, no, I mean, you know, 90% of what we were doing when I took over was paper billing. I mean, it was, I go do the job, write it down on a piece of paper, hand it to the secretary. She types up a bill and mails it to the customer. Now, did that make you crazy as a young guy that understood how you it, get a simple it drove It drove me insane. And it was the thing from day one that, I went out and you know bought an iPad, invested in the technology, and said I could just email all these people. And obviously, there's older customers and people like that that don't have emails, so I accommodated them uh, for a time. But now I'm to the point where I don't send out any paper invoices anymore. Uh, and what's that system that you use for your invoices? So I recently just changed. I changed to a new program that kind of controls my whole business for me. Um, obviously I have to input the data, but it, it gives me the option to offer financing to my customers. It gives me the option to do blast postcards, blast emails. Uh, it's, it's really all encompassing. And then it, it's also my invoicing, uh, it's linked to my cell phone. So like if a customer calls me, their name comes up, I know who's calling me. I can greet them. I can say, Hi, Mrs. Smith. How are you doing today? You know, what's going on? Now, let me stop you there. How do you do that? Because I know all day long I'm trying to get you to talk about, like, a, you know, some type of business thing or sports and, you know, you're grinding. Do you have an answering service or? I do. I have an answering service. You know, it's tough when you're a small business, um, you know. You to have pay to pay a secretary 50000 to answer the phone. You have expensive. to wear many hats. Yeah. You have to be the CFO, the CEO, the COO, the secretary, the bookkeeper. There's a lot of stuff that you have to get accomplished in how many hours in the yeah. day. To get up and running at least. Yeah. So, you know, I have an answering service that for the most part takes most of my calls and then emails it to me. And I can call the people back at my leisure. But also being a small business working in one to three towns for the most part. Yeah. You try to answer the phone. Yeah, and people get your cell phone number. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, it's the way it happens. Yeah. Let me take you back a second. The email, was the email technology something separate from the website, or it was all built in? As far as the blast for the 10% yeah, like off the, type the thing? Yeah, like the follow-up, and, and then once so that you was have them. Yeah, that was built into my email, uh, built into my website platform. I just had to figure out how to do it and how to import those emails and all that. Yeah, I think that that's very important. Um, 
in my business, I'm a little bit more restricted. Mm -hmm. So I have to use um, approved vendors. But I think a constant drip and data, as we can all see, is becoming almost like currency. You know, if you have yeah. names, I think about it as banking them for later. There's no reason to pressure someone now. Eventually, they'll be ready to move forward with you. Mm -hmm. Eventually, they'll want to new, do a new bathroom and need all these high-end fixtures. So keeping them on your drip list, I think, is important. And that was smart right off the bat for you to do and implement. Yeah, I mean, I've spent the last three years vigorously learning on how to take this business that I'm building to the next level, whether it be branding, whether it be the online presence. Uh, we, you know, we had no online presence when I took over, no Facebook page, no Instagram page, no website. So all of that I've built from the ground up and I've really taken an approach that I'm going to invest all that I have into this business for five to 10 years before I really see the profits. But I'm doing that because I know that I can. I'm betting on myself. I'm betting that I can build this business to be, you know, a seven, eight figure business. Yeah, and I, I, I know you can. I, I fully, fully fucking believe in you. And I mean that from the heart. I know, and I know you're going to do it. Yeah. Um, talking about scaling. Obviously, in the trades, really any industry, service industry, it's super difficult to find people to work, right? And plumbing is a skilled trade. You can't send just anybody in to go, you know, cut out a gas line and put a new gas line into someone's home. You know, that can end up in, uh, you know, a disastrous situation. Yeah. You know, how have you been combating that while trying to scale right now? It's been really tough. You know, I've, I've been through a number of different employees that have ranged from, you know, a day to two or three months. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out, but you got to keep trying, right? If yeah. I want to scale and I want to build, I need to keep trying. It's especially hard now, you know, you know, COVID happened, right? And they've been warning us for about 20 years or so. COVID happened? No, not about COVID, but they've been warning us for about 20 years or about so. About COVID. No. <laughs> they've been warning us about shortage of labor in the trades. Yeah. They've, you know, everybody's been pushed to college since, mm -hmm. you know, the late 80s, early 90s. Everybody go to college, go to college. Yeah, to wear college. a suit, be a doctor, be a teacher. Yeah, so, you know, it's tough when you have, you know, 95 to 100% of an entire generation going to college to get a degree and compete for the same jobs. And the trades have seen the effect of that. You know, we've slowly seen the numbers decrease, and they've been telling us for years, you know, the baby boomers are going to retire and we're going to have a serious labor shortage. Well, fast forward to 2020 and COVID comes and a lot of them say, that's it, I'm done. And they walk away. You know, they're 60, 65, 70 years old even. Yeah, and they don't want to deal with they it. They don't want to deal, you know, let alone the hazard of, you know, walking into people's houses and getting other people sick or getting yourself sick. They, they've just had enough. They've been dealing with it for... 40, yeah, 50, the last thing 40 that just, 50 years. That's the last thing that just took them off the shelf. Yeah, right? it's They're the ready. straw that broke the camel's yeah. back. They've been thinking about it for years. And, you know, I, oh, I about a, maybe a year into COVID, you know, March 2021, I'm like, I haven't seen a lot of the old timers in a while. And, you know, I've seen a few of them here and there, but not the way I used to see them. Not, you know, at 7 a.m., at the supply house. Yeah, you know, they're picking and there. choosing probably. They're Bigger picking and jobs, choosing. They're slowing easy. down. They don't want to do they don't want to do the hard manual labor. 
Um, and, you know, COVID was, you know, it kind of pushed them towards that. Yeah. So now, we've seen a huge problem in the last two years, especially trying to find labor. And I think it will, I think it will be a shift. I think a lot of times in the country, you see this pendulum in, in all different industries and some, you know, will go away and we always move forward as a country. We always innovate, mm -hmm. but plumbing is something that I, I don't see anytime soon. Some robots coming in and greeting some lady and he's yeah. able to understand. I mean, I'm not saying Elon can't do it. Elon, chill out. <laughs> but I, I, I can't foresee plumbing going away for a long time. So to scale, you need to also have equipment. Yes. You're investing in technology. You're investing in new payroll. Yes. You already started with a $20,000 deficit. You then went out, went out and bought three additional trucks and logoed them up and made them fully equipped to service your customers. Tell me how you had the balls to go do that. I mean, go big or go home, right? Like, I love it. What else, what else can I do? You know, I could stay as one guy in the truck for the next 40 years, right? And I can make an honest living and I can, you know, not see my kids grow up and I could work 10, 12, 14 hours a day or I could scale. And the only way to do that is by investing in yourself. So like you said, you know, I went out and I bought trucks. I mean, I bought equipment. I, I put letters on them. I, I branded, but it's all things that are necessary for me to accomplish my vision that I see for me and my family. And uh, it all ties... It all ties back to family, and I'm going to jump off the growth. Um, since I married your sister, or really came into her life prior to marrying her, um, you were the first one that came and met us at Starbucks. Yep. Uh, you came with open arms with your girlfriend at the time, Ashley, now mm -hmm. your wife. Yep. And uh, I always knew that you were a real dude, a, a good dude, and I know that what really drives you is not the materialistic things or the money, it is your family. So elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, so I mean, me and you have been talking about this for years, right? It's nothing that I'm really doing. You know, obviously I want things and I want to accomplish things and all that, but most of what I'm doing this for is for my family and for my children, right? You know, we've we've talked about this, that, you know, the, the idea of generational wealth, right? Mm -hmm. I've, I've put the policies and I've put the things in place I don't want to get you in trouble with. Uh, I say no. Okay. <laughs> I put the policies and I I put the preparations in place for me to achieve that for my children. Yeah, to to pass that wealth at some point and correct allow you to also live a, a good life. Yeah, whether it be through retirement or life insurance, you know, it's yeah. I have the things in place that my family will be taken care of long after I'm gone. Yeah, and you really really care about that. So tell us about your three kids. I mean they're everything right i mean uh you know colton is awesome i love him <laughs> he's a wild man he is me he is also the best part of kelly yeah. you know in my relationship i look at things in kelly that i wish could be me but it's just not me but then i say to myself well there's things in me that just can't be kelly and he's like it's to to the core i feel he's really such a great mix of the two of us yeah. but tell me about creedon he's playing football Tell me about Bo and, yeah, and Quinn, I mean, your little princess. I mean, Creedon's, you know, he's nine years old. He's playing football. He's growing. He's like, you know, he's almost a teenager at this point. It's crazy. You know, he's like, I'm just going to go up to my room and play on my iPad, you know. Yeah. So Do some it's, science stuff. He's smart. Yeah, he's so smart. He's always, you know, he, 
went to the book fair last week and he read his books in two days. I don't know where he gets that from because it's not me. Uh, but you in know, fifth grade, or I would be like taking my parents' money and then never buy any books at the book fair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. probably bought a slice of pizza. Yeah, no, he bought like three books and read two of them in a day. Um, so he's he's just a great kid. You know, he's so wholesome and he loves his siblings. Um, he's a good kid. It's tough. You know, I it's tough for him. You know, he's nine. And then Quinn's four, so, you know, he was five by the time we had a second kid. And I imagine that's tough for him, you know. I grew up and we were all so close in age, right, where there was four of us in seven years, and we all grew up doing the same things and doing the same, playing the same games. Uh, so Creed was five by the time Quinn was born, but he's, from day one, I mean, he's just, he's such a great kid. He does everything to help us out, and... You know, if I'm creating, you know, go change Bo's diaper. He's like, all right, I'll go do it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then what about your little princess, Quinn? Oh, Quinn. She is a handful. Yeah. Uh, she's a lot like your wife. <laughs> uh, you're a handful, Cal. You hear that? <laughs> Everybody thinks you're the innocent I, one. Matt, I, tell the truth. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Um, no, nah, I mean, she's just the apple of my eye. I mean, I... I can't imagine she not having her, you know, runs to me when I get home at the door. And, and my kids, you know, they mean everything to me. And that's, that's what I'm doing this for. And, you know, I may miss, you know, a football practice here and there and gymnastics. You still make it to a lot of that, though. I do. I make it a point to get to those because it's important. You can't miss your kids growing up mm-hmm. to just be there when they're older. Yeah. Um, so I make it a point to be there. And that was something that that was instilled in me by my parents, you know, mm-hmm. very um, supportive of you. What you did. Yeah. You know, growing up, you know, my stepdad, he, uh, you know, he started, he started dating my mom when I was like seven or eight. Uh, so, you know, I was very young, you know, it's your formative years. You're, you're starting to learn about relationships and people and that type of thing. Um, and he always made it to every football game. He always drove, drove me to every practice uh he he really made it a point to be there for us uh you know my mom always picked us up from school you know my parents were always there for us they always built that foundation of you know a supportive family we do things together we don't do them by ourselves so you know i learned from them and i try and do that for my kids i try to be there as much as i can you know it's tough you know trying to grow a business and be there at the same time but at the end of the day what good is money if you don't have people to share it with yeah and jim you know was a really busy guy he had a few golf stores that he ran and then he was working in a you know a high level of amex you know doing really well which is it takes time so to be able to you know spread yourself out and you know be the dad at the game and you know do what you do at a successful high level in his business is uh you know, it's it's kudos to Jim. He's a he's a hardworking dude. He's he's yeah. a real one. Yeah, you know, he's built me to be what I am today, right? He's raised me since I'm seven years old, and you know, a lot of what I've learned from you know business, aside from you know the SEO and the technology and all that stuff, but just the oh, he hates social media and digital <laughs> stuff. God forbid. <laughs> but just just the you know the ideas behind business and you know everything that it takes to run a business. You know, I learned from him. I kick things around with him all the time, although we're in two separate businesses, um, you know, just experience and wisdom and, you know, everything, life. Uh, 
Jim has done well for you, and your mom has been nothing but loving and supportive, and yeah. even when she was probably mad at you when you're misbehaving, and she still stood yeah, by your side. Yeah, I wasn't the best kid, so, you know, they, they stood by me all the way through, um, you know, and I, I made it I made it to the other side, you know, I, I, was, I wasn't the best kid growing up, you know, from... Neither was I. You know, from elementary school, my mom would be getting calls that I was not paying attention in class, not doing my homework. And, you know, fast forward to 2021, 20, you know, I'm getting in trouble, all that stuff. But I moved down here, you know, I, I, I figure it out, and they've been by my side all the way through. Yeah, they're, uh, you know, we all disagree with our parents or our, uh, um, you know, significant others or, you know, brothers and sisters at times. But, um, you know, you know who good people are and who has your back. So I want to jump into... A little housekeeping, and I don't like people who do podcasts and spend 25 minutes on housekeeping because they're usually selling. Yeah. And uh, this podcast slash YouTube series, it will be a podcast soon, was really started on the thought process of when I was coming up, I had struggled as a kid in school. Mm -hmm. I got kicked out of high school. I you know, didn't really love authority and I was stubborn. And um, as I decided to turn my life around, it was always pay someone 50% of a commission to have them come help you. It was always, you know, six, $7,000, $3,000 for coaching. And you're a guy that's barely making any money. So a lot of this was a passion project by me and Evan to try to help other kids who went through some minor troubles yeah as a younger kid mm -hmm. you didn't love school i never loved school <laughs> you had gotten to some trouble yourself as well yep as you got older and matured and you were thinking about launching this business i don't think that you had any roadblock in your head thinking oh i wasn't the best student or i wasn't just uh follow every single rule as a younger kid not that you were ever a bad person. How did you say none of that stuff in the past is going to stop me from being successful and being a great dad and being a great husband? Yeah, I mean, we have to grow as people, right? Um, you know, from the time I was in probably third grade, my mom, like I said before, my mom would get calls about me not doing my homework, not paying attention in class. You know, fast forward to high school, I got kicked out of a high school. Uh, it was a prestigious high school. Uh, great academics, great athletics, and I was politely asked to leave because I had behavioral issues. Uh, you know, whether that stems from stuff that went on in my childhood or whatever, it's a whole different story that we'll deal with Dr. Phil down the line. But we should know, have Dr. Phil on for all of us. We should. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Evan? Dr. Phil? <laughs> Most of the guests I have probably need it. Yeah, me, you, Dr. Phil, AJ, we'll get it done. All of us. Uh, um, Those are my peoples, though. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, from an early age, I wasn't, I wasn't the best kid in class, right? And you know, I was asked to leave a high school. I went to another high school, got in a little bit of trouble at that high school. Now I'm 18 years old, and what have I been told since birth? The indoctrination of go to college, right? So I'm lucky that I'm a decently smart guy. 
uh, you know, I get into a college despite my mediocre grades. I had a great SAT score and... You're being humble. You're very intelligent. Oh, yeah. But that's neither here nor there. The fact is that, you know, I go to college and, again, history repeats itself. I'm asked to leave that college, right? Now, I'm 19 years old. And I got to figure out what I'm going to do with my life, right? Am I going to go to a community college? What am I going to do? So, you know, I'm a third-generation plumber at this point. You know, my my grandfather was a plumber, my father was a plumber, and my father died when I was in high school. So, I, you know, I never, you know, I grew up around and in the trade, but I never got a chance to really work with them. You know what I mean? Um, and as a young youth, you know, having your father pass was, you know, something that, definitely affects you as a young kid a young boy especially yeah yeah i mean it it definitely affects you uh it affected me hard but not as hard as if i didn't have jim there you know he had been my step right in i mean he had been my father since you know i'm seven eight years old me and my father had been estranged for a while and you know yes it was tough but not as tough as it could have been uh so anyway, getting back to the point, I, n- I never got a chance to work with them. So, you know, fast forward to when I'm 17 years old and I'm looking to get a, a, a summer job, right? And, like, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. Am I going to continue to be a busboy or, you know, what am I going to do? The regular jobs we all did. Yeah. And then, you, you know, your wife says, you know, my best friend's boyfriend owns a plumbing company. I was like, great. You know, let me call him. I call him. I leave a message for him. He calls me back. So I worked for him this summer going into my senior year of high school. Mongo? Going into, no, maybe going into my first year of college. Yeah, Mongo. Um, And I wasn't the best employee. I wasn't the brightest employee. You know, I stayed up too late, and I stayed out too late. Kevin's always super complimentary of you and your ability of plumbing. Yeah, you know, I had a a great foundation. You know, he taught me a lot. Uh, So I worked with him. I think it was probably my my summer going into college. And then I had worked with him on a couple of, of breaks. You know, I worked with him on winter break and spring break. And then I think again the following summer. Um, and this is prior to going away to college. Prior to going away to college, I had worked with him, correct. And then, you know, the following summer when I got back from college and I was asked very nicely not to come back the following year, um, you know, something clicked like, hey, maybe I'm not meant for this traditional route. Yeah. I, I mean, something in the back of my mind always knew that. But I was, you know, out of nowhere, I was just like, I, th- I think I probably want to do plumbing. Like, I think that's probably where I should go. And, you know, I think you can you could take an average person, and you can make them a decent plumber or an electrician or an HVAC guy or whatever. But I think part of it is born into you. You know, there's a lot to be said for being a second or third or fourth generation. I mean, look at, you know, Kirby. Yeah. Kirby's dad was a plumber. He became a plumber. And now he's, he has his own HVAC business and he's killing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Bayview Mechanical for all your HVAC yes, needs. Yes. Bayview. Great people. For sure. Good, good dude. Brian Kirby. All I recommend. Um. So I think there's a lot to be said for that. I think there's there's. We got to get him on the show, by the way. He's a little nervous. Yeah, he'll be yeah, all right. We got to get him. He'll on. He'll be all right. He's got to buy a new truck first. Yeah, he's got to get a van. <laughs> he's got to get rid of that. Uh, the little toaster. The little toaster oven. Um, so so, my my real question to you is is like, you're 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 being told that you're a kid who has behavioral issues. So was I. 
You're being told that you're not the best student, so was I. You know, as a younger kid, that can leave a chip on your shoulder. That can leave some doubt in your mind. How did you get over that? You know, how did you say, hey, I'm going to be successful at my craft, and I'm not going to let anything in the past. That old Matt is an immature kid, and a new Matt is now born. How did you do that? Honestly, I never really gave it any thought until I was about 22 years old, and now I had a girlfriend and a child, and I had to figure out what was going on, you know? Um, you had to make money. Now life becomes real. Now life is real, right? We, we have stuff that we have to do. Um, everybody's got bills to pay. And, you know, we, we paid the piper for many years, you know? We, we didn't have a lot of money, and we had a kid, and we had, you know... We had used cars and a tiny little house that we lived in, um, but that made us stronger. That made our bond grow stronger. Um, you know, she's my best friend. She has been since the day I met her. Um, yeah, Ashley's tough. She's she's super supportive wife. Yeah, and you know, nothing that I've done in this life would be possible without her. You know, I can't work 14 hours a day, and come home and put work into the business and branding and all that without her taking care of what's going on at home. Um, and, you know, from a young age, we had to face the reality that life's expensive, you know? Kids are expensive. Bills are expensive. Um, Everything's just expensive. It's, it's just insane. really expensive. And, you know, we, we, we joke around all the time that, like, you know, Bo and Quinn will never know the struggle of when, you know, we were younger and we didn't really have a lot. And all we had was, you know, our love, our love for our kid, our kids, because, you know, Quinn kind of knows it, but that's all we had, you know. Um, and that's what kept us going. That's what kept us trying to go to the next step. And you do, and you do remember that stuff, maybe not at four or five or six, but at you know, seven, eight, yeah. nine years old, you know, it, it, it's like, hey, you know, I see that this family has X and this family has Y. And um, you wanted to make sure that your kids yeah. were able to be looked up to or, or, or have the nice things that you had provided by your mom and dad. Yeah, you know, we, we didn't always have a lot, but we always gave him what he needed, you know. And Quinn, even when Quinn was little, you know, her too. Um, but I, I wouldn't be where I am without my wife and my kids. They've, they've been the inspiration and the drive that I've needed this whole time, and still are. And you know, even my wife, you know, she, I, I see the same thing in her. You know, like I said, you know, we were young, we didn't have a lot. Uh, you know, we had a kid to care for, and you know, she. She put herself through a program to become a medical assistant, right? To make some decent money. And she ex excelled in that position so much that she's gotten promotion after promotion after promotion where a lot of the people that she graduated from school with are still in that same position. And she's making twice as much money working in the corporate. Now, uh, I want to go back to that because Phil Batillo, you know well, yeah. Diversified Fixtures, he was on Fireside and he said something very similar. You know, I was a kid that was working for my father and I was, you know, watching all my friends go off to college. And by the time they all graduated, they were all battling for jobs and I was making double, if not triple, 
what they were making. Mm -hmm. And um, Ashley is another testament to that, which again, this show is all about. Don't let your start of life be the finishing story of your life. And, and yeah. uh, you're literally living that and doing a great job. I, again, I want to press you a little bit more, though. How did you have the confidence, besides having the support of your wife and the drive of your kids, how did you have the confidence? Because that's, that's a lot of people have kids. A lot of people have a wife or a girlfriend or a baby's mama, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And they, they, they still trip over their feet and, and fall on their face and don't ever find their way. What, what helped you do that? What helped give you that confidence? What, besides that drive, pushed you to do it? To, to continue on with the yeah. business and go out on my own. It was something that was necessary. It was necessary, you know, I know you said besides that, but it, in order to achieve the life that I saw for my wife and my kids and myself, it was necessary. I could continue to work for somebody else and make a decent living. You know, I can make 30, $35 an hour. I can make 80, 90 grand a year with overtime or I could take that risk. I could take that plunge. I can do what I need to do in order to provide them what, what I see, what I see is possible. But let me say this. So I had some people in my life and I, I love all of them still to this day. Bricktown is what made me. I am who I am because of the people I came up with yeah. and my family and, and everything, whether yep. it's imperfect or perfect. Was there anything that ever stopped you or, or created insecurity? Like, oh, Matt got in trouble or Matt didn't do well in school or was any of those things ever roadblock in your own mind? Yeah, I mean, there were roadblocks along the way. You know, I knew that I knew that I was more intelligent than the average person. I knew that if I put my mind to something, I could I could make it happen. Um, so it's taken that jump. And just believing in that vision and chasing it down. Yeah, I mean, you have to develop the vision. You have to see what you want for yourself. And then you have to you have to give everything that you are to that vision. Just like you have with what you've done. I mean, who else do you know that started a podcast or Fireside Chat YouTube series? Because they, they saw value in it. They saw value of just helping the next person. You know, that's what you're all about, right? You did that mentorship last year, right? You and and Trevor Trevor's and a couple killing it. Trevor's killing it and a couple of the other young guys. Phil Rizzo. Phil and, Rizzo shout out on yep. on the on the Ventry team. Yep. You know, Phil's a guy who's well liked and he continuously Sal's got a big brand, but it's because Phil's work that he puts into people, he's taking his business to the next level. But he ran into difficulties in his life. And as a friend, and Phil and I weren't even close in high school at all, i just known him from the gym and passing, and yep. he was slinging cell phones at Costco, and <laughs> nobody beats the Riz. He still loves Yo, Costco. Phil loves Costco. Loves Costco. <laughs> but, like, to me, I don't know if it strokes my ego. I don't know if it's good for my heart or whatever it is. It's a little bit of both, right? It, right? I mean, our ego loves giving back to people. It does. Uh, our heart also. Which is not a bad thing. Jamie our, and I talked about no, that. No, there's nothing wrong with ego. 
I mean, ego, as long as it's kept in check, contained, it's it's great. I mean, it does great things. Yeah. You know, you're you're you did that mentorship program. And yes, that was probably, you know, 25 percent ego, 75 percent wanting to give back. But the the fact of the I matter, would agree. The fact of the matter is you're you're giving back. You know, you look at Trevor, you know, he. He does. He's, you know, he's working and he's doing this real estate thing on the side and you give him that little extra bump to do that real estate thing full time. And he's killing it. He's killing it. He's providing for him. He's providing for his wife. He's providing for Riley, who's adorable. Yeah. Um, and they're just doing great things. So, you know, that mentorship program's great. The fireside chats are great because it gives you a little bit more of an outreach, right? The mentorship, you know, you were able to reach some local people, right? This allows local people to tell their stories to people who are a little further away. Yeah, it's twofold because it spotlights a local business, right? Like DB Tree, Joe and Malin, you know, it was their four-year anniversary at DB Tree. Yep. Those two hustle, man. Like a lot of people are sometimes handed things. A lot of people start a business and they just get lucky. And yep. there's no credit taken away from that person that got lucky. But those two grinded. And to be able to spotlight that on the show makes me feel special. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, they're a small local business, and you're able to spotlight them and show everything that they're doing that's great for this community. Yeah, and and they they you know they talked about in their podcasts. We don't got to beat a dead horse, but how much they give back to the Point Pleasant community. I mean, and they brick. do. And then like you know, you see Trevor. You know, he's throwing on his Instagram story like you know, he's he's at a DB Tree in the morning working with Riley in his lap. You know, it gives. Yeah. It all comes there's, full circle. There's something to be said for that 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 local coffee shop where you know people can kind of hang out and it's a community. You know what I mean? And Trevor's able to go there with his little girl and he's able to get some work done at the same time as he's spending time with his with his baby. Yeah, Trevor's got it figured out. I don't know if he knows he's as good as he is. He doesn't know. And he's just playing slick. He's or, about to figure it out. Yeah, he, he's very good. He's like six months from figuring it out and then he's gonna take off. Yeah, he, he he's doing awesome. And again, even back to Phil. Yo, Phil was a guy who had a daughter at a young age. His, yep. his daughter is, uh, she's beautiful. Yep. She's a sweet little girl. And I could tell that that's what drove him. And just feeding a little bit of love into him at the same time, a little bit of toughness. I'm the type of guy that's going to get in your ass. I'm yep. going to, you know, I'm going to say shit to you. Oh, that I know you, you may say not, it to me. <laughs> that you may not like, but it's said with love. And I think I said something to you. It's two years, three years, four years back. I said, Matt, I had went through my own struggles of friends and, 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 and close people to me with struggles. And I'm so proud to see you do this, this, and this. And you replied back, Ryan, I know you mean it. Or yep. Ryan, I know it's genuine or something like that. I don't know mm -hmm. if you even remember that. But it's thoroughly genuine. And I, I love to see a guy like you turn back around. And let's be honest, right? It's a little nerve-wracking. We got these two bright lights at us. And yep. we have three different cameras and, and a director, Evan, who's killing it. Yeah. Point. It's, it's a little nerve-wracking. It is. But I you want to get back. I was back. nervous today. Yeah. Um, but you know, you were willing to give me the spotlight and you were willing, you saw something in me, right? You saw something in me that said he could probably contribute to somebody else's struggle. A hundred percent. So, you know. And I knew I, that I your heart would want to do it. No, I got to put my boots on and I got to show up. And that's what I'm here for, you know? Um, you know, I appreciate you inviting me on. 
and anything that I can do for somebody else who's going through the same things I went through, hey man, I'm here for it. Yeah, and, and you're also reach out to you on Instagram or Facebook, shoot yeah, you a message. Anything. You're always willing to chat, you know, you're always willing to help out. Yeah. There's I, other young plumbers. I know yep. that you went to a uh, back to school night, I think it was, <laughs> or no, it was bring your dad to work, yeah. you know, bring your dad to school day oh, with what, Creedon? Talk about the highlight of my life. Was it Creedon or, or oh Quinn? Oh my God, yeah, Creedon. Tell us about that a little bit and then what your, your message was. Oh, he was in kindergarten or first grade and I mean, the teacher like emailed us, like he's been bragging about his dad coming to school for, for weeks, you know? Uh, it was great. I got to, you know, I got to show the kids some cool stuff. I got to show them some cool tools and some cool technology and maybe just like put a little spark in the back of their minds for when they get older. They're like, hey, maybe this is something that you might be interested in. Yeah, don't go the traditional route that we're, we're pushed to do. Yo, you can go the traditional route or you could not, but it doesn't really matter. There's just, there's more than the nine to five at a desk. Yeah. And you can make a very lucrative career out of any trade, not just plumbing, electrician, yeah. a builder. You of know, I, I know a, a builder over here and he's, he's big time and I won't use his name because he, uh, you know, didn't give me permission to, but we've had conversations that you know, he wished there was a young guy that his number one older guy subs would respect and he could really pass his knowledge down to. And he's not the first guy in the building trade or the millwork trade or, you know, the finish trade that have said those types of things. And it's definitely something that, you know, with giving back, I want to be, even though my job is quote unquote a white collar type of job, I'm everything but a guy. I always say you work, you work in your backyard in a flannel. Let's be serious. I always say I'm, I'm a blue collar advisor, and yeah. you know that's unique in my space. And I, I actually own the hell out of that. Like I love. Yeah, I mean, that. me and you have talked about that many times, right? Like, yeah, you could be going after the whale that works on Wall Street, or you could be helping the local guy that owns a plumbing business or an HVAC business do what's right for him to provide for his family in the future. Yeah, and, and you've done that for me. You've done that for you know, countless people. A bunch of our friends. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, I think what you're doing is great. I think it's, I think it, it, it makes the community better rather than just continuing to feed money into the people that are the quote unquote elite or the ultra wealthy. I think you're doing things that are great at the community level that allow people to enjoy their lives, enjoy their retirements and enjoy their children. I think, I think what, what for me, and this is all about you, but we're just, you know, we're like brothers now. We know each other I mean, too well. But Yeah, it's been a yeah, few years. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, you know, and that's what I want this about. I want this to be about real conversation like you and I have sitting here at my Thanksgiving dinner or yeah. at my summer parties like we always do. That's the way it should be. Uh, you know, I, I actually was coming up and... I always felt like I needed to be somebody I wasn't. I always felt like I got around these guys in my office and they wore $30,000 watches, right? And they drove $65,000 cars. And I'm going back 15 years ago. Yeah. Cars weren't 100 grand like they are today. Yeah. That was a very expensive car. And, you know, that stuff, I'm not going to lie, you know, you get sucked up in that world coming from my father was a hardworking man and a truck driver. And my mother showed up to work every day 
as an activities director in the assisted living facility, but they didn't make a ton of money, but they worked their tail off. And I thought to get to the next level, I got to play this game that wasn't really who I am. And then fast forward, and again, not to make this about me, I, I, just, I just saw the more you're just yourself and you're able to still add value, people are going to like you. And, and I became at times misunderstood because I was trying to be somebody I wasn't yep. by people that were in my past. Well, of course, me and you had this conversation before about, you know, you asked me to be on the podcast, right? And I immediately thought I need to wear something more professional that has my branding yeah, on it. Never. I'd make fun of you. And the, yeah, I mean, as you should, but then that same week, Jamie's on the podcast and he's just being himself, right? Yeah. He's just being Jamie. And, and Jamie's it. way more successful than I am. Right now. And probably more successful than I'll ever be. But he's here being himself. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to show up as myself. What do I do? What do I do on any Wednesday night? I wear cowboy boots and a flannel and a flat The cowboy boots hat. I don't really get. They're comfortable. They're comfortable. I mean, they don't really fit in in Jersey. You should be like a Texas guy. Yeah, maybe we'll get there one day. But, you know. Your mom might get upset. Um, but what can I do but show up as myself, right? You know, my wife jokes. You know, a customer calls me, right? And she, she calls it work mat, right? I answer the phone and she says I have a different tone of voice when I talk to them. But, you know, that's that's one thing, acting a little more professional in a work setting. But for the most part, you know, I show up as I am. This I is me. So, time out. I want to I I touch on that. Cause touch on it. Kelly said that about me, too. She has said, you know, Ryan, it's so funny. When she first started to hear me in a car, not divulging clients' private information, but, you know, your business voice is not to be... <laughs> you know, G rated, but like, it's, it's sexy to me or it's, it, it's, you know, like, you know, you're kind of like silly and stupid at times and you don't have great grammar. And I'm like, well, I want these people to know that I take my fucking craft seriously. And I really do. And, and I think that someone like you who picks up the phone and you're acting professional as a plumber versus them hanging out in your backyard with a couple beers and over a steak, you know, I think that, I think that that's important. I don't think that you should ever stop that. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to show up as genuine, right? I have to show up as who I am. But at the same time, like, you know, I'm a 31-year-old kid to some of these people, you know? I'm much younger than them. I've got a long beard, and I've got boots, and I've got a camo hat on, and, you know... You better shave that beard before Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> but to some people, you know... That's not the image that they expect in a professional setting. So sometimes I have to make up for that in, you know, in the way that I speak to them, in the way that I communicate with them. You know, as I, as I said, I went to a semi-prestigious high school. You know, I'm, I'm pretty well educated. I know that I'm fairly intelligent. So I just, I have to highlight those aspects sometimes as opposed to, you know, my traditional blue collar or redneck, if you will, and I, I love that about you. I think at times you have taught me that, right? So a lot of times I could be in a different world of uh, people around me in, in my network or, or, or income or whatever it may be. Like everybody can teach you something. And that's what I've discovered mm -hmm. along my way. Like yeah. everybody can teach you something. So, for example, I have a Ford F-150. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful Lariat. And when I looked at the sticker price of that damn thing, I was shocked. Yep. 
But you and I took a ride in your F-250 diesel that you had just got, and yep. I fell in love. I'm like, dude, screw this. Well, you were texting me. You're like, you know, I drive a Lexus. I have to do certain things for work. It's an and old I have man car. It was clients. terrible, yeah. Come on, man. Just be yourself. Yeah. And, like, and just show up as yourself. You're from Brick. You know, you grew up driving trucks. You like trucks. It's a beautiful truck. I used that to truck beat the shit more, out of Pathfinder. That truck costs more than some of your clients' cars. I mean... You know, it's not about the cost. It's 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 about what I what I want it to be. And well, it's just a matter of fact. It's a symbol, right? Like, oh, he's driving a truck. You know, he's not successful. But that's, but that's you know? what I think. Some people who don't have success yet measure themselves in, and that's so a lot fucking of people wrong. do. But it's I also so own a hundred thousand dollar truck. Now you do. But yes. before you got going, you know. But I'm saying, looking at a truck and saying that that person's driving a truck so they're not successful is just silly. Or seeing that person driving a Maserati that's used, that's 10 years old, that costs half the amount that my truck does, is also silly. Physical things don't equate to where we are at in life. But in this day and age of social media... And everybody pretending they're an entrepreneur and they're a business owner and they got Lambos and they got all this stuff. Not and and not that that ever captured me, but I was the guy on the private golf courses. Mike Abrams, who doesn't have social media, actually he does. He was one of the first guys that made an impact on me. He said, "Ryan, have your shoes shined. You know, show up looking decent and play the game right, but be you." And Mike used to take me to lunch over to his private country club and deal. And at Jumping Brook at the time, it was fully private. You know, I drove in his Lexus X uh, RX 350. That's why I wanted that car. Yeah. Like that was like I needed to be like Mike Abrams, who had a massive health insurance book, who did, you know, estate plans on accident for $600,000 life yeah. premiums. Like this guy was killing it. I get it. And, like, I felt like I needed to be the guy. Not that Mike was pushing that on me, but it's it's really cool to finally make it and then say, hey, it's okay to be you. Hey, it's okay to have those struggles early on in your life in school, with the law, whatever it may have been. You know, I think that you're a testament to what you can achieve when you had a couple things going against you at a, at a younger age and it's impressive to to watch seriously yeah well i appreciate that you know i i've worked my ass off uh circling back to henley my wife has worked her ass off to make this happen um you know my kids don't see me as much as they should but you know right now right now but you know you're young we're building a life how old are you 31 you're 31 dude Life is long. Mike Gorman's the last podcast. He he tells you, you know, you're stuck in the in the in the small time frame. Yeah. When we're upset about something. Exactly. But you know, that's why when I started, when I took over this business, I should say. I told myself that I was going to invest in this business, right? I was going to pour everything that I had into it for five to ten years, and you know. People have been worried for me. I know you have, I, I know my stepdad has, the amount of money that I've spent in the last three years is kind of, I it's it's eye-opening. It's a lot. But I've bet on myself, I, I've said, 
I know I can lay this money out and I can recoup it tenfold in the long term. So while I'm 31 instead of 41 or 51, I'm going to do it now. And, you know, me and my wife, we live, we live an easy lifestyle, you know? We're, we're, not, we're not flashy. We don't really believe in material things. You know, since I've started the business, I've bought one thing that I wanted for my truck, and that was for myself, and that was my truck. Um, so, you know, for the most part, we have, we, have a, we have a nice home, we have great kids, and we have great times. And that's and all we... And you're blessed. That, that we're so blessed, and that's all we need. Um, you know, we've... Everybody's definition of success is different. Well, success, and that's what a lot of people have to realize yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people, they like the flashy things, the cars and the suits and that type of thing. I'm just not that type of guy. Um, you know, success for me is being there for my children, being able to provide for my children, having a nice having a nice house and a nice yard for them to play in and being able to provide for them when I'm not here. And like I said before, you know, I've, I've, I'm trying to just do what I can to, to save and plan for my retirement and do what I can for my kids when I'm long gone, build that generational wealth. The only way to build. Jay-Z talks about it. I mean, his songs talk about it. That will for, for, his son or daughter, I forget the name, but they, they, he talks about generational wealth. And again, we're not on Jay-Z's level at all, nor do we think we are. No, never will be. But but, but to, to change maybe the trajectory of where you started to where you are now. and Whether it's millions or billions, I mean, we're still talking the same game. We're talking about doing better for our it's kids. more or less zeros. It's talking about doing better for our kids than, than you know, we had... And, you know, my parents were great and my parents were super successful and they provided so much for me that I'm eternally grateful for. And I just want to provide that or better for my kids. Um, Isn't it so crazy? You know, we can always pick apart our parents. We can always pick apart our in-laws. You know, I think the, the, the work ethic, to your parents' credit, was instilled in your home to the T, mm-hmm. uh, as well as mine. You know, my dad is he's, he's a big man and he gets up every day and gets on that truck and pulls the hose out to boats on the dock down the down in the snow and i still to this day i'm impressed with what he does still to this day i'm impressed with how jim runs and how your mom you know is the ceo of the family you know monitoring and watching you know our, our nieces and nephews up in long island you know it, it's crazy to me like that is really taught by doing it really is your sister is is a hard worker. The 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 three of them, Shannon, Lauren, and Kelly, they had full time jobs. And then in the summer, they were over there working at. It's the boat called house. Salt now. It was, it was the, the boathouse boat yeah. at the time when I first met them. You know, all that stuff is instilled by your parents. So that's something to me. And I know now talking to you and 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 knowing who you are, that's something important to you. Like all those little things, fucking matter. Everything matters. They matter if you're a good person and you give a shit and you're not just caught up in money. If you're just caught up in money and looking fancy on social media or you're looking fancy in your car, that 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 is not going to, you know, trickulate down to your children. Yeah. And uh, I, I, you know, hats off to you with doing that and doing it well. Yeah, you know, I mean, 
it's something that obviously as you as you said is instilled in you from a young age um evan unconventional on the podcast can i get a beer yeah, yeah. You want. i would sorry I'd... i would take one as well also yeah, maybe a timeout uh, i'll take what you have yeah. yeah can we cut this i got a kind of time out to pee but i'll keep rolling i gotta pee you gotta pee yeah we can't cut again we can't cut no you can't cut We're Why? Gonna in. he can cut all right go pee he's an all-star all right go pee he can cut all right, so we had to do two breaks this time. Two we're, breaks, two we're, bourbon we're, breaks. Or we're, we're two, we're, <laughs> two brothers shopping it up and just being real, and that's what yeah. I want this to be about. You know, I recently joined the Lions Den with Sean Whalen, mm-hmm. and um, $300 a month in my book, and, and, and it's not an arrogant statement. It's just not a lot of money. Yeah. And this guy is always just real. He's just putting it out there on social media. Whether you love him, hate him, you know, you're, you're indifferent about him. He's a guy that keeps it real, and I, I want this this podcast to be real. So that exchange that we had over the last 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it was, uh, was awesome, and I think people will benefit from it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we like to do a couple things towards the end of this. Okay. And um, last episode with Mike, he was unique. We didn't do that because he's not a local guy, but <laughs> I want to talk about local businesses. Okay. Again, this is about spotlighting spotlighting local businesses and then giving back to the other young people who are looking to become entrepreneurs or small yeah, businesses. So I want to know two people, and you could spend as much time or as little time on those businesses. But let's start with one of them. Give me a business that you want to shout out. I mean, your friend, you introduced me to him, you know, Brian Kirby, um, you know, Bayview Mechanical. He's, he's out there killing it. You know, he's, he's, he started his own little HVAC business and, he started expanding and now, you know, his dad's working for him, his brother's working for him, keeping it in the family, kind of like, you know, what I'm trying to do. You know, my little cousin works for me. I, I took the business over from my cousin. Um, there's something to be said for local family-owned businesses. Um, you know, and Kirby's killing it, you know. I I give him work, he gives me work. Um, Your su- customer's always super satisfied. Always satisfied, and he's he's super knowledgeable and he's, he's an outside-the-box thinker, right? He, He's not the type of guy that's going to walk into your house and say, you know, I need to replace this be- and it's going to be X, Y, and Z cost. You know, he's going to say, you might be better served if we did this and it might actually cost you less. Um, yeah, Brian's, he, he's the man and he's, you know, a, a good friend of mine, a client of mine. And, yeah. And, and you know what? Another, another family guy, right? You know. A lot of what we've been talking about is, you know, spending time with your family and all that. And I know Brian loves spending time with his family. You know, his his daughter and his wife, and they're the world to him. They He actually, last night, I, I may be putting this out there, Chinzy, I don't care, come get me. <laughs> but they had their, their, their baby boy last night oh, in Jersey Shore Hospital. How exciting. Yeah, they didn't um, come up with a name yet, so I don't know the name. Well, so. he didn't text me, so I'm going to hold that against him until he texts me <laughs> that he had his I baby. called him accidentally, <laughs> and he had the kid. Uh, but, Brian, uh, you, yeah, I, I would like to say a couple things about Brian, too, since we're on the topic. I always talk shit to him about what I'm doing, and he always kept an open ear. Yep. He always kept an open mind. Yep. He listened. He learned. And I know that's what he does in his business. Yep. He was in the union. The union does a great thing. The union, in my opinion, is one of the best training 
jobs that you could start in yeah. within the trades. They give you a great foundation yes. to then continue learning on your own. It's not something that... But not a lot of people have, have again, the cojones to jump out on your own. No, and it's not something that I would, you know, me personally or someone like Kirby would want to do for 20 or 30 years and continue to do the same thing over and over again. But someone like him, you know, he learned the fundamentals, he got the schooling, he learned what he needed to do, and then he continued to educate himself past that. Well, he worked with another older gentleman that was his, his dad's friend. Yeah. And again, they were working in Bayhead, Manilokan, Rumson. He was doing all high-end stuff yeah, he and high-end technology. Yeah, he did everything that, that he needed to do to educate himself on his craft. And he's applied that. Yeah. I mean, every time I'm talking to him, it's, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. And I won't get into specifics because it'll bore people who are listening. But he, you, you understand that he knows it. Yeah, but for people like me and him, like, like that's cool shit, you know? Yeah. Like, talking about that kind of shit, the stuff that he's doing is cool. It's cutting-edge technology. It's, it's, it's expensive but efficient stuff. And he's also a great guy. He, he, he supports his friends we grew up with. Yeah, and... I mean, and, you know, the family thing, getting back to that, I mean, you know, I know in the summer he loves to take one or two days off a week and spend time with his family. And, you know, he loves his boat. He goes out on the boat with his daughter and his wife, and now his baby boy will be joining him. But, you know, it's another thing, like we've been saying, those core values that are instilled in you from when you're a child, just, you know, family over everything. Today, Sean Whalen on the coaching call had talked about a story where he put his daughter for her birthday 500 bucks into account, and they talked to a friend that was worth, you know, close to a billion dollars. He sits on the board of directors of Intel, and... He talked about the guy simplifying via a cake what Tesla does. So what's the parts of Tesla and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And he talked about the importance of having your kid around you. And today, bringing my son over to AJ's, you know, um, office and getting worked on and, you know, making sure that I was healthy and all those things is awesome to me. And I know for a fact that Kirby takes his daughter. Like, his daughter probably knows how to do more HVAC work than I do. <laughs> she definitely does. Yeah. Because oh, you don't know anything. I don't know shit. <laughs> but she knows more than the average person. And, and, and like, that's why I love that guy. He's oh, a great I love guy. seeing his Instagram stories with his daughter working and holding tools. And I mean, it's awesome. He's just a, he's a great local family guy. He is. And, and, he's, um, and he's also super talented. And He's super talented and, you know, super humble and would give you the shirt off your back if you needed it shirt off his back if you needed it so you know he's just he's a great all-around guy he's building a great business i know he's going to do great things and i have to give his wife credit as well oh my god la with prima her sal salon with her salon she's killing it and she I mean, she owns an interest in, a, in an eyelash salon you know she has been supportive from her role listen we're a married couple the income coming into the household supports both yep right it's ours it's our so you know. Shout out to Chinzia. Congrats on being a new mom. Yep. Um, tell me your next business that you want to shout out. Um, so the next business I want to shout out. You know, it's not someone that I've been friends with for a long time, um, but the amount of time that we've gotten to know each other has been pretty significant. And I I look up to him um, in this kind of you know blue collar world. Um, you know, you know my, when you connect with a vibe. Yeah, you know, it, it's someone that I happen to meet. 
he was doing a job for a homeowner and I, I was contracted to do something separate and it, it caused a little rift. Um, but you know, as soon as we met each other, we kind of, we kind of clicked and we continued to run in, run into each other around Belmar and around town. Um, you know, Josh Valerio, I mean, he owns a, he owns a couple companies. One is estates by Valerio and the other is Valerio properties. And they do kind of, you recently introduced me to him and yeah, they do similar but separate things. Um, you know, one is one is a property improvement company, and one is a new construction company. Um, and Josh is just straight up an impressive dude. You know, I mean, you know, I've, I've heard a little bit about his story, and I've done a little bit of research. And you know, he was he was kind of killing it in in the private sector, in big corporate world, right? And after a certain amount of time, you know kind of like us you know that's not really that's not our speed right yeah he was working for blackrock yeah and he building was building data centers he was doing very well you know all around the building data centers all around the world yeah he Mult- was working he was working with one of the, the the founding members husbands or board members husbands building the data centers yeah i mean in like you know six or seven or eight countries like impressive stuff you know and uh while building a business on the side yeah and his business on the side is killing it. You know, he's he's a local guy. You know, he ran for council in Belmar a few years ago. There was a whole crazy controversy. He won by one vote, and then there was a recount, and he wound up losing. But, you know, he's just a great guy. I wish guy. there was a recount in the recent election. Yeah, me too. Um, but he's, he's a great guy. He's a local guy. Um, I think he's doing great things. I, he, I think he's someone to look up to. You know, I look up to him. You know, he's a couple of years older than me. I look up to him. I think a bunch of the young guys could look up to him um, and learn a lot from him. You know, he's he's doing a lot of stuff that that I've aspired to do since I'm about 18 years old. I didn't know that you were going to come up with Josh, but as of this week, you actually introduced me. Yeah, you know, I, I was talking to him and, you know, we were just chopping it up as we do sometimes and... I was like, he would be great for the podcast, you know. Um, he's kind of that, you know, leave the corporate world, blue-collar type of guy. Um, and I thought that you would really hit it off with him. Well, I mean, one of the things I say often is not just be the guy who didn't take the traditional route, but the guy that leaves the cubicle. Yep. I laugh because I've been in the corporate setting where it's like cubicle after cubicle. Like, it's miserable. It's miserable. And uh, he 1,000% was a guy who did that. And he didn't have a cubicle. He probably had a sick corner office. He probably did. He, he, was doing, he was doing big things. Yeah, he was doing big things and, and, and props to him. And um, him and I had a conversation for about you know, 30, 40 minutes. I forget what it was. But uh, there was a lot in him that I, that I saw in myself. And yeah, be I mean, on the and you both soon. texted me after that conversation. Like, you know, great dude, you know, great vibes, whatever. Um, well, funny story. And you guys actually, you knew each other. We connected already. You guys actually followed each other on Instagram before you were even introduced. And, I, you know, yeah. I was able to introduce you guys, but you had already connected with each other yeah. on Instagram. You don't know everybody, obviously, on your social media. Obviously. And, and you know, I, I had looked him up after he told me his, na- his business name. And I shot a text and I said, hey, listen, I'm already following you. So either I followed you first or you followed me first. <laughs> someone followed yeah. someone. And he's like, oh, I've been seeing your post for years. I yeah, know your it's stuff. Cool. It's cool stuff, man. You but know. that's how, like, that to me, come full circle and this whole thing. 
how I know it's going to go to a next level, how I know doing the right thing matters, yep. how I know when everybody, when everybody else has always told me I'm wrong, the stubborn guy in me, who doesn't want to put it in your face, I don't, but the stubborn guy in me, who knows how to listen to myself, but also take constructive criticism, mm-hmm. I know it's all going to fucking win, and it's going to win big, man. Yeah, because you're you're I surrounding mean, yourself with good people. Yeah, I mean, regardless of winning big, even if it doesn't, right? Like you're surrounding yourself with good people. You're enjoying your time with those people. Let me stop you. Winning big means that other people are winning from what I'm doing. All right. It's not just me. Okay. It's 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 a whole. Josh is giving you business. Josh then knows me, and Josh then inspires this guy, and this electrician gets in on it. Yeah. And everybody in the fold wins. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest with you, like, I'm not even Josh's, like, number one plumber. You know what I mean? Like, he's got a really close friend that does most of his plumbing work for him. That's okay. And I do a couple of little things here and there. Like, I, I really don't do much work for him. I just, he's a great business guy, um, and I, I look up to what he's done with his business and what he's built. Um, and it, you know, it was funny actually, before I even did a job for him, I was talking to Ashley, right. And I was telling her about him. I'm like, I met this guy like through doing a job for a homeowner. It was kind of awkward. I was like, and I don't even do work with him, but I keep running into him yeah. all over the place. Yeah, it's something in the it's universe. like that serendipity thing, right? We'd run into each other at the bank twice a week in the post office twice a week. And when I was eating lunch and it was, it was just crazy. Um, Things are just meant to be sometimes. Yeah, and, you know, every time we'd chat for five or seven or ten minutes and we'd learn a little bit more about each other, um, and we just became friendly over the last, you know, six months or so. Yeah, he thinks highly of you um, from our discussion. Well, I'm glad that he does, you know. I mean, you know, me and him, you know, we've worked together on a couple of little things, and I don't even necessarily need the business or want the business. I just... You like him. As I said, I like him as a person. I like him as a... You want to do business with people you like. I like him as a businessman. Um, And like I said, he's been... He's now doing something that I've wanted to do since I'm I'm like about 18 years old. I've wanted to buy houses and I've wanted to develop them. I don't want to flip them. I want to, you know, knock them down and I want to build luxury homes. Or multifamilies. Not so much multifamilies. I mean, I, I would love to buy quote-unquote, the worst house in the best area. Yeah. Knock it down and build this beautiful luxury home that's going to sell for a premium. Evan, what is that noise over there? Sounds you like hear a, that? Sounds like, sounds like a fox. It's like a... Something's fighting, right? Sounds like a fox or a raccoon. Yeah, you wanted to chase this down, and now this guy is... Yeah, it's just... Someone that came across your path that you're like, wow, this guy's someone I like. And I can relate to him, and he's doing what I want to do, and that's yeah. And you know, it gives me a little bit of hope. You know, I mean, obviously, it takes a lot of, a lot of, it takes a lot of balls, and it takes a lot of money to do what I ultimately want to do. Um, but here he is, and he's doing it. So it gives me that little bit of extra drive to say, it may not be this year, it may not be next year, but I can get there. Yeah, and we're, and we're, and we're going to have him on the show, and. You know, we're going to pick his brain. Of I what hope he... so, because, you know, he's he's led a very interesting life. You know, he's traveled to multiple countries doing these data centers and he's he's built some cool stuff. And now he's kind of, you know, obviously for profit, but he's given back to his his communities 
in building these beautiful homes. Um, and what I what I took from him is he's the type of guy that wants to fly under the radar. He wants you to doubt him, and I like that. You know, I'm yeah. I, I'm not I, gonna lie. I, I'm a similar guy. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. You know, he drives a big lifted F three fifty, rolling through Spring Lake. I mean, like you know, people are just gonna look past and be like, oh, there's another redneck. But you know what? He's being true to himself, and he's doing what he, he does. He grew up in Millstone. He told me. Yeah, he's killing it. Yeah. Well, listen, dude, this has been fun. It's been great. It's it's just like. Our conversations literally at, at a <laughs> any other party. day of the week. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Um, to our guests next week, we have uh, Joe Alehart. I, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. He's one of Henzo Gracie's top black belt. Him and his partner Duncan own a um, gun company. They uh, create courses on the safety and handling of guns. You're really gonna show me up with a fucking black belt who's a straight up assassin? Listen, you're you're showing other people up. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Um, thanks for tuning in and uh, stay dialed in. We have good things to come, and don't forget about Evan, my main man. Cheers. Cheers.